the gold fix is now really exposed as a fix. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran, and I'll be your host for this episode. And from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we thank you for your continued support. And as you can imagine, the community keeps growing more and more every single week. There's a lot to talk about during these historic times. And Andrew McGuire is in the house, and we'll be talking gold here in just a second. It's going to be another amazing episode, so fasten your seatbelts and you know, Live from the Vault gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else. And this episode is going to be no exception here. And just before we get to Talking Gold with Andrew McGuire, remember to please keep spreading the word about this channel by hitting that like button, sharing this information, and smash that subscribe button. This really helps us reach even more people with these important topics. And while you're at it, click the bell there if you'd like to be notified in real time as each episode goes live. So go ahead and hit that right now. So with that, let's head over to the UK and Talking Gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Now, Andrew, for consistency and to put our questions in order, we usually start by picking up the thread from our last market update over two weeks, well, not over, but two weeks ago. And at that time, we still had the usually heavy BIS options expiry to get through. And there's a ton of other questions that are coming in here, but can we start off with that quick review from the last two weeks? Yeah, Shane, nice to be with you. Nice to see everybody again, and uh, great to be with you. Um, I enjoy giving these updates because it, it's really, you know, what we're trying to do is bring in a, the wholesale market side of things. You know, there's a technical side to the business. Uh, there is a wholesale side. And I think, you know, giving you a read of, of what really we're seeing out there. Um, but Absolutely, Shane. Uh, it makes sense to start from uh, start by reviewing really April. I mean, we're <laughs> beginning of May now. Um, and April, th th this there was a really counterintuitive uh, Bank of International Settlements options derivative stick save effort, which really commenced really three weeks ago, and almost three weeks ago on April the eighteenth. You can look at any chart, and you'll see that that was a UK holiday. Uh, there was no gold or silver fixes and it, the pit opened and this commencement of a every single session thereafter for nearly three weeks, we've seen exactly the same. Now, this is not normal market behavior. So really, uh, we have to say what's going on. Well, clearly, this was a defensive move and it it's culminating actually today uh, into FOMC uncertainty. Uncertainty is a wonderful way of, um, of, of moving markets, especially if you're in control of the of the paper side of the business. But and that's today is it's, today is Wednesday, the 4th of May. So tonight we have FOMC and we think it culminates pretty much thereafter. And it's being conducted really into very thinned out holiday market conditions. You know, the UK was on holiday, Russia's on holiday, China's on holiday. <laughs> I mean, these are thinned out uh, conditions. So the first official objective was to cap this. We've talked about Bank of International Settlements, gold options expiries uh, time and time again. But two weeks ago, we did say that uh, that the, uh, the it was going to expire on Friday the 29th. We did say 
that really we ought to, they, they want to square gold at 1920. Um, and that's to protect a multi-billion dollar mark-to-market event from closing offside. Now, I mean, look, I'm really sorry to none traders for this next little bit. Now, I'll keep it short, and I know that, but there's a ton of questions on this. Now, the option structure that we noted two weeks ago suggested that the sweet spot, which is basically the balance between how much paper supply could be sucked in from the non-insiders versus how much physical exposure the Bank of International Settlements, who have physical liabilities, would be exposed to. Now, that sweet spot was 1920. We outlined that in our last episode. By no coincidence, this over-the-counter uh, uh, options sweet spot was hit on the nose at the BIS options expiry um, uh, last Friday. And it, the, the high was one tick light, one 1919.90. Okay, this followed uh, really the COMEX uh, options expiry and the first notice day, which had forced remaining shorts and longs to stump up or bail uh, to cover or to short to, to roll out of really looming contract delivery obligations. Now, first notice day for those that have haven't fast forwarded this bit of technical stuff. Um, fast, first notice day is when fractionally held um, COMEX longs and shorts must be fully funded, not just your eight thousand dollars per contract, but the full contract value. Um, and so it has to be fully funded. So either at this point, you are either intending to take delivery or stump up bullion for delivery. So obviously, that's why we talk about first notice day. So essentially, the final Bank of International Settlement squaring point was crystallized just after that at the 4 p.m. Uh, FX squaring point at 1915.18. Now, with the technical re review out of the way, Let's get on to some other questions, Shane. Well, well, Andrew, it seems that you've got an amazing grasp on the entire wholesale gold and the wholesale silver markets. But what are you seeing here in the larger picture? Yeah, uh, and and good. This is we're going to get to the bones of, of what what's going on. And this, given this really counterintuitive, I mean, goodness me, look at it even today, this counterintuitive gold market price action. This is a good time to update the very active PSYOPs war on gold. We talked about the PSYOPs operation. Go to Wikipedia and, and uh, if, you, if you didn't see that episode and just look up what PSYOPs is. It's, it's an official uh, orchestrated, uh, whether it's war, whether it's gold, whether it's silver, it's, it's, it's obviously a real thing. And as we've drawn attention to um, with the Russia sanctions having failed to collapse the ruble against the dollar, the euro and the pound. In fact, <laughs> the sanction blowbacks um, strengthening the ruble to two-year highs against the dollar. The real war between NATO and Russia is being fought in the gold markets. When I say NATO, I really mean the US. Now, the resulting extreme counterintuitive paper market disconnect versus the very strong physical market, look, it leaves really no doubt that the heavy COMEX-centric gold market action that we're currently experiencing is a major component of this US PSYOP operation war effort against Russia. Now, who is successfully using physical gold 
to hedge against sanctions. Now, it is the unfactored blowbacks from these Russian sanctions that's driving sovereigns and central bank physical gold buying buyers to take advantage of both price rises as well as orchestrated paper market discounts, which we're seeing right now. And really, because both right now are recognized as undervalued paper centric prices. Now, but the blowback from the act of protecting these deeply underwater multi-billion dollar derivative bets into this unfactored Russia-China open uh, gold commodity buy window now exposes the LVMA gold fix as having lost the last vestiges of physical price setting credibility. Wow. Well, you had mentioned again a couple times here about this official PSYOP strategy had shifted. You said it, was, it, it had shifted gears, restricting physical supply at the London PM fixes. Can you elaborate on this? Absolutely, Shane. This is, this is definitely, this is extraordinary. Um, <clears throat> and following this week's paper to physical price divergence, which, which is beyond any liquidity provider will tell you, uh, that in fact, every liquidity provider, bar none, now agree that the Basel III compliance spot gold market price suppression scheme has shifted from trying to tamp down the global fixes with the creation of unlimited, unbacked paper gold credit sell orders, because they'd be called for delivery um, or channeled into GLD, um, they've they, what they've done is shift this game into restricting how much physical is offered for sale at the so-called uh, so, so global fix. I mean, it's even hard to even call it a global fix. And what exposes the LBMA fix as a rigged sham is that into this tidal wave of global physical demand, evidencing massive premiums and Swiss-German refiners sold out and unable to fill orders. Now, the controlling cartel, uh, LBMA, PM fixed liquidity providers, are deliberately limiting physical offering, uh, really offering far less than three tonnes a day. In fact, a lot less. Now, the PM fix is so is, is now so unrepresentative of real physical supply demand fundamentals, it's losing its status as the global gold market pricing hub. Now, other than what must be contractually sold at market, at the benchmark fix on behalf of producers, etc., no commercial or central bank is going to want to sell any bullion at the rigged LBMA fix price. Why would you offer it at that price? As because you can get a far higher bilaterally settled price outside this siloed CME LBMA fix. And you have to add CME to it because it's the CME price that channels into it through an EFP into the LBMA fix. Now, the irony is that with such clear, strong global physical demand, the gold fix is now really exposed as a fix. And, and th this is a farce that really telegraphs officially sanctioned price suppression. And this heavily dilutive paper price fix is so deliberately bottle bottlenecking volumes uh, placed on offer at the fix, and, 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 and what tiny little amount is offered is snapped up immediately, usually in one round, capitalized on largely by insiders who are busy building longs and locking in spot 
uh, prices against freshly rinsed um, specs, while front running sovereign bidders who can who can easily benchmark this price, but are forced to pay huge premiums for real physical. So basically, while this fixed process may just be sufficient to supply uh, uh, accommodate orders for local London retail demand, so it doesn't raise too many flags, wholesale orders must be bilaterally settled off the LBMA radar. Now, I haven't looked at today's fix um, yet, but yesterday's PM fix offer was only 2.44 tonnes. I mean, in, in, of global demand. This tiny fraction of what is globally, this is just a fraction of what is globally physically sought. Now, these bottlenecking efforts are exposing the rigged but still accepted global PM gold fix as being benchmarked solely for squaring derivatives, but with so little physical on offer, completely misrepresents real supply demand fundamentals, requiring a significantly higher price to bring this physical to, on offer to the market. Now, the gap between what is on offer at the PM fix and global demand must be sourced from alternative real physical global exchanges where very large premiums to the spot fix are then added to this benchmark price. Now, the larger the size sought for immediate delivery, the larger the premium, especially if you want immediate delivery. Now, given Russia is openly seeking to buy every ounce that can be obtained at the paper dilutive price, as we discussed in our last episode, having failed to turn the ruble into rubble, as was originally hoped, the official SIOPS war has shifted to trying to disincentivize this trade. But it's going to fail. Western central banks are boxed in by their efforts to protect billions of dollars of multi-year accrued bearish derivative positions, which rely on being squared and marked to market each day at the PM uh, fixed price. Even more so into BIS OPEX, you know, which is obviously the Bank of International Settlements options once a month, where we associate, we really figure uh, empirical evidence suggests that there has been in the past, now whether that's slightly improved or not, is not 100% certain, up to a trillion dollars of these undeliverable derivative bets where they're marked to market. Now, while the writing was on the wall that gold prices were to be revalued following the introduction of Basel III NSFRs at the beginning of the year, it was Russia, the Russia petro-ruble commodity arb trade that triggered this unfactored acceleration of this paper to physical revaluation process. Now, it's not rocket science. The 30% discount being offered by the Russian Central Bank to allow payment for oil, gas and all commodities for that matter, along with the offer to buy every ounce of gold offered by commercial banks against this trade, has added a flaw under the paper gold price that very short term can only be defended by trying to stop physical gold from being offered for sale. Well, that's not going to work because within this lays the rub. The global physical market increasingly transacts outside this siloed CME LBMA paper market hub. And this is indirectly choking off the fractionally held physical gold underpinning these massive underwater long-standing local London derivative bets. Now, despite every, uh, despite every official effort 
to devalue gold by adding a tidal wave of paper supply, certainly over the last three weeks. Ironically, the petro-ruble commodity trade ultimately only serves to strengthen the ruble against the dollar and the euro and has incentivized even more discounted gold buying, further tightening global supply outside the local London price setting hub. Now, this is a huge deal. It's just not visible to the, the, the siloed COMEX traders. The official war efforts to undermine the Russian gold trade and the strengthening ruble by adding paper supply is blowing back on officials. Countering these failing efforts last week, the Kremlin formally announced that they were what we already knew was, was, was in the pipeline and we talked about before, was that the Russian central bank is stage by stage backing the ruble with gold and all commodities. And although there was a scramble to talk back this official line by Russia, our liquidity providers absolutely confirm this trade is in play. Wow, that's amazing, amazing. Now, Andrew, can you give us your take on why? This is probably the most asked question we've had in the last couple of weeks here. Why Russia commoditizing the ruble is bullish uh, for gold and silver and all commodities? As we know, the, the, the very reason the Kremlin made this announcement, commoditizing the ruble currency, was in response to attempts made by the West to undermine, undermine the ruble peg. Now, while a single asset such as gold can, uh, as we've seen, I mean, it can easily be manipulated in the paper markets. We've seen that over the last three weeks, a perfect example of it. However, it's impossible to manipulate all commodities at once. And by linking gold to all commodities and further offering a discount to pay for these commodities in gold, uh, or a strengthening ruble for that matter, the soulless paper gold market siloed by the CME LBMA will ultimately be forced to fold. It just doesn't look like it right now. But there's so little doubt that this week's uh, official effort to sigh up gold, gold, gold prices down, and of course silver, is a direct response to Russia moving to commoditize the ruble currency and their increasingly successful efforts to strengthen the ruble peg. Now look, we're not taking sides here. We're just looking at how this affects the, the crosses. Uh, so don't please don't make the mistake of thinking that forcing the futures gold price into backwardation to spot is being conducted from a position of strength. Not at all. While the best form of defense is usually attack, this week's panicked officially sanctioned derivative stick save really expanded the paper to physicalism to the point where the incestuously formed CME LBMA alliance, which was, if you remember, we talked about this live at the time was cobbled together in April 2020, stoked. Uh, and this stoked a level of physical demand not seen since March 2020. Now, this has coiled both gold and silver for a similar large catch-up rally, really likely after a sell-the-fact FOMC. Look, as I say, we're recording this ahead of FOMC on Wednesday. Now, just now, in fact, just a few minutes ago, ahead of FOMC, the ruble continues to strengthen against the dollar, lifting the, the offer by, central commercial, by Russian commercial banks to sell gold to the Russian central bank is plus $37 an ounce above the COMEX LBMA generated paper price. 
So really to sum it up, Shane, um, what we're seeing in the gold and silver wholesale markets is unprecedented. And while it was the physical shortages into strong safe haven demand that fractured the exchange for physical conduit in March 2020, if you remember, we talked about this huge blow up that drove a plus $600 short squeeze rally in gold and an $18 rally in silver before any pullbacks. This time, it's not COVID related, but it's driven by an alliance of real central bank physical demand taking steps to hedge their exposure to the US dollar and to bolster their currencies with physical. This is the hair trigger for a global gold price reset. Don't be fooled by this paper action. There's a, the, someone's gonna have to pay this price. The physical premium offered for unlimited size combined with the 30% discount for energy further incentivizes the energy arbitrage traders to chase physical gold off local London off that illusionary gold fix, further tightening supply. Now, given very credible second tier friendly bank sources in, in Switzerland, there is little doubt that these same agent actors acting for officials are also secretly profiting off this arbitrage trade through their ownership stakes in the same Cayman entities into which they also populate the other reportable category of the casinos, COT report. And we've talked about the COT report. In fact, maybe if, if, maybe if we've got time, I may maybe sort of get into that a little bit more. But while officials and agent insiders are very short term able to limit Basel III compliance spot fit positions fixing at the RBMA PM uh, benchmark fix, the, the paper to physical price divergence is expanding to unsustainable levels. The unallocated GLD positions, which is the ETF, are clearly being drawn down by market making uh, APs, the um, authorized participants who are the same market makers, to flywheel the fix. This is all an incestuous little circle. Now, the race to use paper gold to square up large accrued underwater derivative positions is once again beginning to mirror tightly backwardated supply conditions, which blew up the EFPs in March 2020, but from a $400 higher and much more stable stair step. And so really, as this unfactored physical supply shortage begins to erode this tiny fraction of bullion propping up this top heavy inverted one quadrillion derivative pyramid, there will be a massive blowback that will drive a race to exit these unbacked deliverable positions. Look, I know I'm preaching to the converted here, but I will underscore what Robert Kiyosaki said in our recent interview with him. How much physical do you own? Well, Andrew, talking about the COT, I do have a question on that. But before we get there, of course, I want to bring up silver and what is happening with silver out there. Yeah, Shane, um, I know, I know silver always, I know silver always comes up because not only do, do we all love it, but, but you are, you are the absolute epitome of a silver investor. You, you have been, I've known you over the years and you have bought silver in massive size and I, I mean large size and um and i know that you love it and uh, so really yes let's get into silver uh, and while we've been focusing 
on the fresh gold drivers and the divergences, this week's paper gaming drove the, ra the, the, the silver ratio trade to, to levels not seen since March 2020. Now, these are red flags. It's telegraphing that pushing the paper trade to a ludicrous close to 84 to 1 has resulted in the final breaking of the silver market and much more so than in gold, blowbacks are definitely forthcoming. And as we reported in our last episode, drawing attention to the very suspicious and unprecedented CME margin reductions, you remember, you don't reduce margins into a rising silver price. And obviously, we're talking about margins being, meaning credit positions. You usually tighten them into a rising price. So they were. we, we thought it was so suspicious at the time. And this LME, uh, CME LBMA derivative bailout measure was really clearly instigated to provide margin credit sufficient to bail out the multi-billion dollar OCC derivative bets the Office of the Comptroller listed derivative bets into the breach of the 26225 Rubicon line. We've talked about this Rubicon line multiple times. This is this breach on the Monday, the 18th of a breach. It threatened the naked short derivative bets sufficient to take down the too big to fail taxpayer funded banks populating this position. And I'm not just talking about the, less, the lessees, the lessors too. Having deliberately triggered blinkered COMEX spec downside by using this uh, extra credit, um, they, they got this downside momentum, spec momentum instigated. And bear in mind that the COMEX traders are siloed. They don't see outside of what a dot on the screen. It could be zero. I mean, really, they, they view it in no other terms. And the CME-assisted margin cuts to bail out the OCC bets of the 26225 Rubicon line, the momentum deeply overshot the OCC break-even level, which is very, very close to 23 bucks. Now, as a result, the LBMA price-setting paper silver market is so divergent from real supply-demand fundamentals, it's now also viewed by liquidity providers as broken, with London no longer respected as the physical market hub. I mean, it was doubtful before, but this just underscores it. Now, the silver fixed price is an illusion. And as with gold, the silver LBMA solace function is to mark the too big to fail insider held underwater derivatives to market. And they don't represent the real supply demand prices. Now, there's a direct but rigged lagging insider engineered algorithm correlation with uh, with the S&Ps, with ES, the symbol ES. If you look at it, you can see in, in these very thin conditions, SI has been HFT, high frequency traded correlated to ES. And, and when ES was in free fall, uh, it dragged silver down with it because this algorithm's put in place. It is a paper algorithm. And it's providing insiders who have rigged this, this correlation um, with another opportunity to take to one-to-one -one take the long side of speculative capitulations. And now these specs have added fresh short positions, this sell-off. And of course, that provides a beautiful short covering mechanism in a two-way form. You're taking out the longs 
uh, and then you then when you put the, these specs come in and start putting shorts in then they've got short cover into rinsing the shorts i mean this sell-off counter is counterintuitive to the massive premiums the tight supply the strong physical demand and, and as we discussed with alistair in our interview last week an important component of protecting one's existing wealth is owning physical silver. Awesome, awesome. Now, we had a lot of questions about the uh, Casino COT report. I, I know you view this report with some skepticism here, but can you give us your opinion on the most recent report that just came out? And I know that this isn't going to interest everyone, but but look, this is a this deliberately three-day delayed report, which discloses the larger market-making participants participant footprints of that's the pit managers of the casino basically it only shows one side of a much more complex structure uh, directly related to the the 10 times larger bilaterally settled over-the-counter market which is not reported so it's what's the point of this bloody report so it, it amazes me that this insider rig comex tool is taken at face value and it is a tool of the insiders but sometimes these insiders cannot hide their footprints. And this is where we are evidence, this is what we've evidenced over the last two weeks. Uh, to be honest, there's just no surprises in either uh, the gold futures or the sil silver futures positions. So really, into looking at the last report, into this officially orchestrated $52, $53 sell-off in, in, in gold futures between these reports, it, the, the commercials went one-to-one -one long against these spec shorts that we just talked about. This is evidence that these guys are being rinsed. Not even It doesn't even capture the two-way rinse of the 100-day moving average. We all know what the 100-day moving average is always a point, the 200, the 100, the 50, even the 10. These are inflection points where you know you can start hunting stops for speculators who are borrowed money from the casino. And you know what they, their, their pain levels are. So, so, we, so obviously, this, there was a two-way... It didn't even capture this. So basically, even though... The, it's not, it's not, we haven't even seen the report published this week. We won't even, even though the data was available last night from, from the Tuesday cutoff, we won't see it till Friday. Uh, you know, what it's going to see is we're going to evidence far more long additions um, th that the insiders have taken. The... The predatory swap dealers is what we're talking about here. And although, um, you know, we, we, I would say that 30,000 net longs is where we are as of yesterday. And when aggregated with, uh, and this is longs against the, against the specs, when aggregated with last week's COT net long positions, it evidences these predatory swap dealers controlling the market, adding and ringing the register on something like 40,000 gold futures lots that's equivalent to 125 tons of short cover into uh, bank the bank of international settlements options expiry when you start putting all the pieces of the jigsaw together it all makes sense but in silver the same actors rinsed all of the averages i mean they because this is a paper market whenever silver sells off or rises it goes through all of the moving averages on the way down, hunting long stops. On the way up, hunting short stops. But, you know, it's the insiders that control this. But again, this report, as bullish as it looked, failed to capture the extent of spec wrong footing and long commercial positioning. Now, both these reports evidence massive insider short covering 
and are as structurally bullish as they can get into what is being reported as bearish. Now, while we expect some wrong-footed momentum, we did expect some momentum follow-through selling into FOMC, of course. Look, we would anticipate insider short covering has to commence once this FOMC and perhaps even non-farm payrolls is in the paper market rearview mirror. So once again, just one question, just the one, how much physical do you own? And for the purposes of protecting one's wealth into a nuclear destruction of all fiat currencies, nothing else matters, guys. Thank you so much, Andrew McGuire. We're talking gold. And remember, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. Please help us spread the word about this channel by hitting that like button, sharing this information, subscribing. While you're at it, click on that little bell you see there if you'd like to be notified in real time as each episode goes live. So with that, we'll see you next time on Live from the Vault. See you then.